The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I screwed it up. (laughs) Heelandtoeapparel.com Heel&Toe Apparel is all about making clothes for people who love to drive. They're all about the manual transmission, and we support that. I don't know what else to say about them that we haven't said before. They make the coziest shirts cool sweatshirts the raddest hats they have a really cool new camo trucker hat i love the the new heel and toe badge logo or i guess you call it a shield logo and those shirts look really cool and uh yeah they've been making our rally shirts for the past geez i don't even know now at this point it's like 10 rallies or something and everyone is better than the next i swear it's like everyone is my favorite shirt and this last batch is the same thing we did the sierra rally rewind and they made us some really cool shirts black with gold and uh, i'm in i'm in love with them i think i i took three of them for myself so uh yeah check out heel and toe apparel.com forward slash dwa and use the code dwa at checkout to get 20 percent off your order support those that support us check out heelandtoeapparel.com forward slash dwa check us out and show your support at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome as well as you know giving us a little support for this uh weekly podcast we provide we also give you some cool benefits like free sticker packs discounts on Things in our store like the license plate stickers, license plate frames, rally hats, a bunch of other stuff. You also get early access to DWA rallies if you're in the area and events like Camping Wall Awesome. Check it out at patreon.com forward slash driving wall awesome. Welcome to Driving Wall Awesome. My name is Warren. And my name is Lane. And my name is Art. No robot still. Uh, Art is here. He's here. I'm hanging in there, man. He doesn't care. Yeah, and he's wearing a, an Avance shirt. And he's got a Coastal Range Rally mug, which I appreciate. Yeah. This yep. is my most way, treasured I, um, mug like uh, uh, of all. Um, and yes. uh, and uh, it's it's had a, a few uh, little little run-ins with the sink and other things, and it's, it's getting some nice patina, which I actually appreciate. I'm just mm-hmm. very careful that I don't fucking crack it, because I'll be very upset. I know. Um, I have one um, of those mugs too. I don't even use it. It's like, it's so stupid, but it's like my favorite mug. And I'm like, oh, don't touch the precious. Yeah, this is a 2018 a, uh, late, late night 2018 Coastal oh, Range Rally uh, Beeline Coffee uh, sponsored mug that uh, we had. That yeah. Every every it's, participant got one, right? I believe yeah. so. Fuchsia and uh, black checkers. It's a nice yep. one. I yeah, uh, I, have, I always I and Beeline Coffee doesn't exist anymore, but. I keep trying to convince Nick Quarta to revive the name with his new, like, re- shop that he wants to do. Yeah, right. Because so, he's he like, should. what should I call it? I'm like, dude, you have Beeline. Like, just Beeline. Do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just I talked to him too and I was saying how I'd use one of the metal camping wall awesome mugs that he made. Mm-hmm. And oh, were they camping wall awesome? I don't know. They were green. Maybe it was no, from the it's the North uh, Rally. Coastal Range Rally North. North Rally, that's what it was. And um I had used one on one of our rally from homes out of Napa. Holmes. In the morning, and I fucking left it at the starting point. Oh no! I was so bummed. Oh no! God, he did say though he has he might have some in the uh, back stock. So nice. We'll That'd be but nice. Yeah, 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 boy. Blowing it. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. What do we got to talk about this week? We have uh, Chicago coming up in a matter of days. When you hear this, we will be maybe on a plane. Yep. Going to Chicago, Radwood. With snakes, hopefully. And that's ex- that, that's exciting. What'd you say? With snakes, hopefully. Oh, snakes on a plane? Yeah. I never saw that. Get these snakes off this motherfucker. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like like most of these movies, right? The uh the edited for TV, the censored versions, it's it's um oh. get these um I can't remember what he says about the snakes, but it's Monday through Friday plane instead of motherfucking plane. Oh my <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's so good. I like Monday when they go that th- that off. Oh yeah, it's like uh, fuck- rather than like mother trucking or something. Uh, yeah. Lebowski, uh, Cohen Brothers, right? Uh, yeah, yes. so they go. Oh yeah, you said they they they, they yeah, actually they it, go right? all out on that. Like they try to be super funny. So um, with uh, with the uh, big Lebowski scene when um, Walter is destroying the Corvette. Remember the C four. He's like, this is what uh, happens, yeah. Larry, when you find a stranger in the Alps instead of when you fuck a stranger <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> and this is, and then he's like, this is what happens when you, when you, uh, he's like, when you feed them scrambled eggs. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, my favorite is uh, Wayne's World, which is uh, his favorite ice cream is pralines and dick, oh. and it's his favorite ice cream is Jamoka. What was it, Jamoka almond idiot? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> That's so good. stupid. Um, all right, so we got Chicago to talk about. We oh, got some I got other it. Things here and there. Hold on, I looked it up. It's yeah. it's too good to, to to pass. It's get these monkey fighting snakes off of this oh. Monday through Friday plane. Monkey fighting snakes. The Monday wow. through Friday. Wow. <laughs> monkey fighting. Monday good, through Friday is ridiculous. <laughs> like yeah. it, like they couldn't come up with anything. That's Jeez. pretty good. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, all right, you guys want to jump right into questions? Down. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's see if Instagram will allow me to sort, and it will. Oh, what? It's amazing. Let's see. Um, let's see. Kurt K. Photo says, would you rather daily a PT Cruiser and weekend a Plymouth Prowler or daily a Chevy HHR and weekend a Chevy SSR? Oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, da- let's get to the daily part first. Daily, a PT Cruiser, or an HHR? So those are the basically the competing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, me too. That, I, I, why does this seem so easy to me? I'm all, all, all in on the HHR with the SSR, dude. You got SSR is pretty yeah. rad. Manual transmission, V8, LS, convertible truck. It's pretty cool, dude. They made them manual? Pretty sure they did. Am I making things up? Are you sure? <laughs> that I was know, a pretty weak, uh, I'm sure. I don't know, but I'm definitely not into a Plymouth Prowler. So, yeah, I, and I'm I, not into a PT Cruiser. Yep. And I'm also not into the others, but yeah, I'll take the Chevys. Yeah. So let me. So, does this sway you if it's a uh, PT Cruiser turbo manual convertible? He doesn't no. specify. No, it does not. 
<laughs> Colin Hill texted us with a fucking PT You know cruiser. that thing also, like, I don't care if it has power. It's also, it's still a piece of shit. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Absolute worst. And the HHR is quite a bit newer than the design of a PT Cruiser. They tried to redesign the PT Cruiser or facelift it, and even the interior, and it's still so bad. Well, that's that was his second attempt at the PT Cruiser. It's the same designer. Jeez. It Chevy is. just stole it. They poached them, right? They're yeah. like, hey, we, want one, we yeah. want one of those over here. You guys yeah, did he real goes, good. He just traced it, basically. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. It's this so is the original looking. Motor Trend review. Um, in addition to the standard four-speed automatic transmission, now a stronger 4L65E unit, those opting for the six-speed manual also get uh-huh. also get a heavy-duty 14-bolt 9.5-inch ring rear end. With nice, and that's uh, a V8 too, V8, right? And this is with yeah, an Camaro. Eaton locker and, differential, the, by the way. The, so you get you get it, and the Prowler is just a six-cylinder. That's right. Yeah, and auto only. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, definitely the Chevy combo is better in every way. So Kurt will be happy because he's a Chevy boy. There you go. That's right. Chevy bow tie. Do you think he's wearing a bow tie right now? Hell yeah. I bet he is. Um, E36 M3 V8, uh, very specific username there. Um, he has a question that we kind of answered last time, but he says, do you have any predictions or hopes for the next gen Acura Integra? I don't know if you listened to the last episode, um, but we talked about it quite a bit so yeah i guess listen to the last episode is that what we're recommending here? i think so there is a rendering going around which was uh someone was trying to claim was the real deal and it definitely is not it's in a like a yellowish hue um which looks good but uh we've kind of come to the consensus that it is not yeah anything real. yeah it's like it it looks cool it, it just looks like yeah the proportions are for like a bigger car right it, like it's like a that well coupe. it, it it also looks rear wheel drive. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it doesn't does. it, it, the proportions. You know what it looks like? It it, it reminds me of a shortened version yeah. of the Type S concept that they had at SEMA. Do you remember that? Yes. Which is which now yep, is yeah. the the TL Type S, I guess, or whatever the new one is. Shit, I should know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the most I recent know, one. I know. Um but I remember that was a good-looking car. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. They they look good. And I I had said if it looks anything like that rendering, I'll be stoked, but I fear for the worst. I just well, think that it's was the white civic. rendering, right? The white car. Uh, no, the if it looks like the yellow rendering, I'd be stoked. Oh, but uh, you said that with the white one when you sent it in our little group. Text. Oh, well, I was referring to the yellow. Oh, I, didn't, I guess yeah, I didn't specify, but so yeah. Um, so it looks like a yeah. So TLX is the new one. Yeah. So it looks like the TLS X Type S concept, but shortened, and that was and that's what somebody did basically, and it doesn't have as much of a hatchback is which is what we want right out of this uh, one of the things that we would like right. out of the integra yep but i think it's just going to be a four-door civic type r based thing correct Warren, I, mean, I thought you were talking about that one because that's where you you oh, you post you sent us oh, this image and then you oh. said you said if it looks anything like this i'll be stoked yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. like verbatim that, that was a different sorry different uh, right, group chat. Right, i thought you were talking about i thought you were talking about the uh Cars and Coffee one that we were on. Oh. Different thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that's a rendering. That was, was on like Honda Tradition. Yeah, Instagram like page. Yeah. A very good updated version of an Integra Type R with the Japanese front end. Like very modern very modern looking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. and it's not gonna look like that, but we can dream. We can hope. Um I have a question though about the current Civic. Um, did they kill manuals for the sport? 
Can you get a sport? Oh, like S- and, SI or, or just yeah. the... Well, I don't know if SI... I don't know. I think SI you can still get a manual, but I was trying to look it up to see what it looked like, like price-wise, to get a sport Civic manual, and I don't know if they made it. It was advertising paddle shift hmm. only. I don't know. It's kind of a disappointment, and I don't think the new SI is out <clears throat> for the new body style. Yeah, I don't believe so. So here's, here's a, a quick search. Uh the Civic Sedan will no longer be offered with a manual regardless of trim or engine option, a revised version of the blah, 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 blah. So it looks like no, uh, but that is as... <clears throat> I'm guessing that um, only the Type R's will then? Hmm. That's such a fucking stupid thing because they're not going to make a two-door... maybe SI, right? Hopefully, I mean, SI has to, right? But are they going to make a two-door SI? No, they don't make any two-doors. Well, that's what it's saying, the sedan of any trim level. Oh, well, because yeah, I guess the the two-door will. Yeah, because it says 11th Gen but Civic SI or Type R hatched uh, to get the manual transmission. So if you don't check those two options, uh, you will end up with a, a CVT. So SI. Like. So so hatch, hatch is like, this is for the sedan, but the hatch is still a four-door. Yeah. Right. So that they're all sense. four-doors is what they're I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Because there was uh, on that... Acura uh, thread, they had this yellow rendering of the Integra, and then they had the new current Civic Sport hatchback, but it only had an automatic. And so I looked it up to see if you could build one. Wait, Civic Sport hatchback or or sedan? Hatchback. And it only had. I thought we're not getting that one. Automatic. Yeah, it's a blue car that was in that, uh, that. the photo right spread. oh so we are getting the hatchback in the u.s i don't know if it was for the u.s oh, okay. but yeah you couldn't build it you couldn't build one with a yeah a manual so hmm. kind of a bummer i mean that's kind of their i don't know i mean well, civics yeah market, i mean i bet i bet the si will offer because they haven't announced an si it'll be like next year yeah yeah so i'm guessing that'll be offered with a manual hopefully right right just a shame because they make such a good manual that mm-hmm. you're well yeah i guess it's just the market it. speaks right they know what they're what, what people I are know. buying and i think um it, it makes sense and enthusiasts aren't buying that they're buying SIs, they're buying and, SIs right dude. and uh but i'm really curious yeah. to see what the type r looks like too though um because the new body style is way more understated right so i'm curious to see how they pull that off um it should look way better for yeah. sure I when you so. yeah starting with something simple like that and then adding like your wing and your little arrow kits is a way better formula right. than right. starting with some origami project. Yep. <laughs> Man, they are so damn ugly. It's crazy. God. All right. Uh, Zephyr J says, picking up a 91 Vanagon multivan this week, two-wheel drive, pop-up, uh, no kitchen. It's a very rare car. Um, I have two Audi five-cylinder engines I could potentially swap in. Uh, 7A NA 20 valve out of a Quattro Coupe or a Coupe Quattro, roughly 165 horsepower, or uh, an AAN, which is a 20 valve turbo out of an UR uh, S6. Ooh. So that's 230 horsepower. He says 230 plus. Um, both have been done before. Simple high revving NA or a more complex turbo motor, but with good torque from 3000 to redline. From the turbo, which is more fitting for the Vanagon, or is getting rid of that flat four losing some of the charm of a Vanagon? 
well, as a Vanagon owner, I don't think you're losing much charm. <laughs> pretty, yeah, I don't think uh, so. Pretty loud, anemic, um, and just pretty industrial, like workhorse type four cylinder. Um, so yeah, not much of the charm. I would say that there's a big problem with these swaps on vans is that if the motor can't be placed quite low, um, you have to bump up the engine deck lid and that ruins the bed. Mm. At least it doesn't ruin it, but you have to consider that for sure because even the 1.8 turbo swaps, which are done now, um, pretty common, uh, that raises the deck by like two inches. And it doesn't sound like much, but it kind of messes up the whole like fold the bed down flat and have this uh, easy bed as an option yeah so, you'd have to get like a thicker piece of foam or something to compensate or cut out right? like or, a piece and then yeah or like yeah. have a different it's it's if you use the z bed which is that back bench seat um then that becomes a, an issue but a lot of these can be like placed in a way like even tilted more of an angle mm-hmm. um or just placed lower in that engine bay so um yeah that's that's kind of one note. But what do, do you, you also think? risk like oil starvation and stuff? Because I know you do on like swapping, you know, Subaru motors into VW Bugs and stuff. Because you have to cut, you have to have a short, a uh, shallower oil pan and stuff. So yeah, it's possible. I've yeah. never seen this swap particularly. They've done a lot of Ford stuff. Obviously, Subaru swaps are really common. Um, but yeah, just I'm not sure about these two. I think the turbo power would be great, but like he says, it's like more complicated engine and all that. And do you really need, like, it feels like 165 horsepower would be adequate. And if it's a for sure easier engine to like keep going, um, I know those engines are pretty good. So I, I would probably go for that because you're not like, who cares? You know, you're not going for like all out speed or anything. You're just looking for something that'll get you up hills and, let you go down the highway at 70 miles an hour. And I think and it's the 160 70, horsepower would do that. 70 horsepower gain over stock. Yeah. It's yeah. basically double, right? Almost, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like the idea of the turbo just to, to make it more maniacal, but also um, elevation, right? Like that that is less of an issue. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of these vans are used for camping and you go, you're up at elevation. I don't know where this guy lives, but um, is he already starting somewhere up high? Um, I don't know. He's... Uh, He's just a wind. He's just a zephyr. He just flies oh, around he's a wherever he um, goes. But yeah, it definitely adds more complexity and local. all that. I think it definitely. But it is. It makes it a much cooler thing. I think. Right. If you're already swapping, like I would go all the way and make it. <laughs> yeah, but he has a pop also, top too. It's like it. There's. I don't know. The if you're going for like a sport van, maybe you're adding so much power to a car that never was intended for that. I mean, then you're talking about bigger brake upgrade, which is a thing which necessitates bigger wheels. Um, I mean, it's just like... It does snowball. I think you, I would go the NA, but my biggest question here is, do you want to start with such old motors? I mean, it's not like those are modern, easy-to-find parts for engines anymore. I guess that's just what he has, right? So that's why he's... Uh, I would rather I go with so, the, the 1.8T route. I mean, if... If, if it was an option, but way more modern and easy, yeah. And it, the most, I mean, or, um, how, how many of those engines that they make? They're like so readily available, right? Everything. How about a? Uh, because I wonder with the 1.8 Ts and stuff, like you have to fit a turbo, and then you have to fit an inner intercooler and all this stuff. Where do you? How about like a Volkswagen five cylinder swap? Because he's if he's looking at a five cylinder swap, you can get a Jetta five cylinder, which is a more modern engine. Mm. And and more plentiful, and you can get that engine for five hundred bucks, you know, all yeah, day long. Awesome. And then and that's also a more. It's actually a, I think it's a hundred and eighty horsepower, stock, 
So you're yeah. looking at, or maybe it is only 160, but it, anyways, it's 160 to 180 horsepower. And it seems like an easier, you know, more modern drivetrain. I guess the, the parts availability is one thing, but also it's also ease of installation. Like once you start getting into OBD2 stuff, maybe it gets too complex. And maybe that's why he wants to stick with an early motor. Um, it, that could or, be. Yeah, but if I'm taking the 91 engine out and putting another 91 engine in, it just doesn't seem like the purpose of a swap. Like, Yeah, but you're taking a 1970. 70s engine out. How I'm putting dare a, you? For 91 all, engine. Dare in. you? <laughs> I mean, the, you only the water cooled part of it. If you want to, yeah, it's technically a 50s engine, right? If you want to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't believe this blasphemy. D Philly says, "Just bought my first house, and it has a one-car garage. Congratulations! Any organization tips, hacks you have found over the years to keep small spaces the most functional without feeling cramped? Thanks." Yeah, mm. so there's one thing I'm Dude. about to do, uh, and I don't know how much clearance he has overhead, but um, like racks that hang from the ceiling, like the ones that you can stack like bins in, um, I found some that are pretty reasonable, like for like, like around 200, 250 bucks on Amazon that are huge, and they go the basically the full width of the garage, and so at the very back, like towards the back wall, um, you know, I can put those up high. And, uh, and I, you know, they, they take, I think they, they have like a crazy, they're pretty load bearing, you know, cause you put them into the beams and shit. So you can put like 500 pounds on there and stuff. So, um, that's one way to get stuff off of the ground. And like in my situation, I have a two car garage, but I have these built out cabinets on either side that basically only allow old cars to fit. Uh, you know, I, I could do two E30 side by side easily, but I can't put my E30 next to the Cayenne in here. So I kind of feel them already. Like it, I'm kind of in a one car garage situation now, but um, there's all this shit on the side that is just, it's, it's annoying because it's in front of the cabinets on one side and it's, it's, you know, I have to slide it around and move it around and I'm going to put it up there to get it, um, you know, give my, give me more room. I like that. Um, I had one car garage in my old place, but I had shelving on one wall, um, complete shelving on one wall, uh, like gorilla rack kind of stuff or whatever. And, uh, then only one car could still fit. But, um, I like that as an option. Um, got to have some storage, you know, but I didn't have space for like a workbench at that point. So consider that, consider that a warning. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Threatening, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Lane, you have any thoughts? Um, one thing I saw, I forget. So our friend Peter B, uh, 993 on the Instagram, he has a really, he has like the tiniest garage ever and it basically just barely fits his 993, mm. uh, side to side. And so he can't put anything on the sides, even, even with the 993, but he has a cool, he made a really cool rack system for like big clumsy items like a um chop saw and uh things like that to hang on the wall and it's basically like the wood you put like basically horizontal wood planks with a 45 cut on top so you it's like a basically a whole locking mechanism to hang stuff on the wall and it's really rad see, yeah. um and that's, cool. that's a really cool way to do I don't know, for a really tiny space like that, it seems like yeah. so good because like I know for myself, like I have a, you know, I have a chop saw and it's just like sitting in a corner on the floor and it takes up like valuable real estate if you don't have a big enough garage. Mm -hmm. Yep. I like it. Um, Automotive Omnivore says car culture seems to be thriving, but there's one area that has declined the print monthlies that used to be a common thread among U.S. enthusiasts. 
We can all quote Peter Egan, Brock Yates, David E. Davis. Now we're a little bit more split up as to the car media we consume. What ripples have you experts in automotive opinion seen from this shift? <coughs> ripples. Uh, <coughs> Waves. I think, ripples. I mean, we still have, well, we still have motor, motor trend, car and driver road and track, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. those three rags, I think more than ever, they are just like basically press releases for new cars, essentially, almost um, more than they ever have been. Except for and road and basically track, right? repeat because road and track really made it uh, like I, a, a change in their philosophy and made their ever their content evergreen, basically. Versus they kind of did, like, but isn't that like the whole, I mean, the whole thing? It was the whole thing, but I feel like they, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could say that. Um, it just kind of like, you know, a lot of it's like the same stuff as the next rag, even run track. will have like the same new car tested as like the other magazines. I think if anything, it gives us like more outlets to like scab on to more people that we trust that you, you know, as an enthusiast or like trust what they say so there might be someone where you're like you were kind of like stuck reading one person and their opinion now you can read a million different contradictory opinions or listen to them or you know yeah. i think there's and we you know we've learned it and like we had jason camisa on the first time he was on talking about how like most journalists he knew you know at road and, when he worked at road and track no one owned cars and you know, so you kind of like now it gives uh, you an outlet to not be uh, not have to read that one rag that, you know, maybe that guy's uh, maybe you shouldn't have believed everything he said. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess there's a there's a bunch of different things going on. Right. Like, I mean, I think as as we've moved away from from the print media, uh, it seems like and it goes with what you're saying it's it's hard to describe it without sounding super disparaging and condescending but it's like the quality of the writers forget the writing like it has been it has significantly decreased right like you don't have to be an expert you don't have to be someone who who is a, a hardcore enthusiast as you're saying you could be somewhat into cars and just and then and that's good enough right that'll get you by like you have an opinion you have you know uh, something to say and uh, you get a press junket and you sort of regurgitate regurgitate that in your own way maybe you can sort of kind of drive a car on track with instruction and that's good enough right so which is kind of unfortunate i think that is probably the biggest shift that i've seen is just sort of like that and as you're and it goes what you're saying right it's kind of like we've talked about it before is like how much can you trust what is being said out there right and and this is a huge general broad statement like obviously there are some people within these organizations that are good and they know their shit and have experience with cars have owned cars and some have not right um and so although our on the flip side i would say that back in the day you might have got a guy that went to school to be a journalist he might not have even been that into cars he got a job writing for one of these rags like and he or she but mostly he it was like you know back then um he he actually wasn't really into cars and didn't really know the nuances of cars and stuff. So you had a you had a person that could write well, but were they really like the person you wanted to hear a car review from? You yeah, know that's what I'm a saying? Good point. That's a good point. 
um, they're not as enthusiasts, but they're more uh, news reporting, you know, giving you the facts, but not maybe not as enthusiastic. Yeah, I guess it depends on the publication, right? Like reporting. if it's Bloomberg or if it's USA Today or whatever, right? Versus like uh, one of these automotive specific publications. Um, Street Journal. Yeah, the, uh, this is sort of tangentially related, but like I was at a at a Walgreens the other day, and like uh, this is like a Walgreens off of you know a random road, random street, and they still have a magazine section, and I'm like, damn, they still have the automotive publications in there. Like, why do they keep ordering these? I guess they do sell. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, they, uh, how does that work? You know, um, unless know, it's right? like a unless it's like a regional thing where all Walgreens order them and they they bought into them or some shit. I don't know how that works. Probably I'm curious. Yeah, there's probably some system like that where the magazines almost like pay them to to keep them in the store so they can try to sell them. Or yeah, I think a lot of times they it's a um, if they don't sell they don't pay kind of thing. It's like oh, putting exactly. them on the yeah. so they send them out on the shelves and then you know if yeah. there's three left at the end of the month then mm-hmm. they just they only pay for the the three that sold or whatever. So yeah. but one thing oh I was just gonna say one thing that's changed a lot since when we were young and consuming car magazines any chance we got is that obviously um internet videos have changed everything and the fact that to see like a motor week or just any car show back in the day was so special and it was so like significant like there was this series that alan decadene did um for speed vision back in the day and he would take like different marks so it was like jaguar ferrari aston martin it was the best thing ever best thing ever right yeah and now we get pretty much maybe not quite as epic of of that presentation but like the henry catchpole video that he drove the mclaren f1 yeah clk gtr and the gt1 porsche like that video back in the day would have been insane like it would have been something we had on vhs we would have bought it on vhs ordered it from the back of car and driver or something exactly and we would have like shared it and been like oh man that one video that's so amazing we would have like basically wore it out watching it so many times and now we have every single day there's something a new like pretty amazing high quality thing yeah including racing and motorsport stuff and all the vintage races we want to watch and so i think that's the biggest ripple is that now we consume it so much differently and it's so high quality well not all of it right like that's my concern is that i'm i'm I'm, I'm concerned that that everything is going to move to this like to the super cheesy like the the cheap format which is like it's it's more quantity less quality format because it works right they're still getting billions of views but you have to it doesn't need there's always and, yeah. and, and, and yeah. there's going to be tons of that. Yeah. But Art, don't you agree that there's like, there is a oh, lot of absolutely. high quality out there? I'm just freaked out. Like yeah. just the fact that Throttle House go. made a, a more basic channel and they're like, yeah, dude, we still get a shit ton of views and we're still like growing this. And yeah. it's like, I just really hope that, that we still get the really cool high production shit. Like be, I know it's a ton of work and like, I know, it, you know, all that, but it's, it's what at least keeps me more engaged. Right. And, and it's, it's a selfish yeah, thing to say, but I, I, I know that it's kind of gone through this whole cycle where it went super high production. YouTube was throwing millions of dollars at people to produce the content. And then at some point they realized the formula wasn't really like necessary, right? It's like, okay, well we can actually yeah. step it way down. And the, the guy that's just standing there in front of a cheap camera, like discussing a car is still getting millions and millions of views. So like it's, um, you know, that is a whole yeah. other thing. We, we've gone through a full cycle of that now, but uh, but yeah, yeah, the biggest thing, the ripples, I mean, we're on it right now, right? It's just the way we can consume media. We've talked about it, videos, all that. Um, and then, uh, and then podcasts, right? Podcasts, uh, have, have become kind of like an alternative for a magazine, right? Like, I mean, we review a car and we, we talk about it here and it's, it's, a, it's a more 
uh, it's kind of a, and it's more interactive, right? You have the opportunity to ask questions and stuff like that, which is really fun, and and I appreciate that. For sure, and there was there's like journalists that I've read a thousand reviews that they've written, and I've never seen them speak on camera. You know, like yeah. I've only know them from that print. And so nowadays they would have a podcast, they would have a video channel, they would and write. And so it's it's interesting how like accessible that's all shifted. Everyone's I do more think accessible. podcasts yeah. podcasts accessible. give that like count counterpoint, you know, point counterpoint kind of thing. Where I remember, you remember some magazines would do that; they would have a whole article, mm-hmm. and then it would have counterpoint, and it would have like three like paragraphs from different like auto journalists on the magazine yeah. that, that had opinions on that car and it's like yep and they might have differed right but um that's kind of what a podcast does because it's more you can have a discussion and argue and you yeah. know agree and do all this stuff so yeah i was going to point out that i just saw i don't know if it's a new video but for whatever reason youtube thought i should watch it and i did harry's garage reviews a 993 gt which new. is a G- gt2 okay brand new it's such a great video because he is so good at not being cocky or too flowery. He's just, he's like, they call him the the David Attenborough of cars. And it's so true. He's just like, cause he has all the experience to back it up, but he doesn't sound like that. You know, he's not yeah. super cocky and he just talks about the car, like how we would and how it's like special and you should get it, but you don't have to like talk about power all the time. And, it, you know, acceleration numbers just kind of like, it's a great video, and it's not the highest quality. I'll say that it's not the, you know, there's not. No, a lot his of, videos are GoPro in a car, dude. And then, yeah, exactly. And, and someone the on the side of the road, stationary camera, like with him in the garage at the beginning, you know. And then someone on the side of the road watching him go by, like a B road in England, and that's about it. But it's yeah. him talking, and I, I just love his videos. And he also did a, a Mercedes SLR MSO McLaren or whatever, and he went to the Lake District of of England and with his wife on vacation, basically in that car. And it's just such a great video. It's part travel, super easy to watch. And I don't know if you're not following Harry's garage, you should be following. Yeah, His videos are good. Harry's farm too. Harry's, Harry's yeah. farm. Uh, yeah. He has a video. A channel. Oh, yeah, he's got that. I know vi- we're, we're, he's got that we're, we're harping on this one for a while, but another thing is, is the whole like non like performance oriented automotive culture i think has gotten a lot bigger because communities are so much easier to build with the internet and everything right so like um like the tesla world and like all these other like hypermiling like you know fuely or, or what do they call that what is that one that fuely site i can't remember but um but you know there's that whole world too right so there's different communities that are now um that have are pretty big that are all automotive related and culture related, but aren't necessarily about performance driving or, or performance overall. Right. So that's a whole other right. thing too, that is kind of sprouted from this. Yeah. Big fat flip says is sense of occasion inversely proportional to time spent with the car. Would daily driving a McLaren F1 make it lose some of its luster inversely would taking a boring car, like say an automatic 96 Integra, only on weekend canyon drives make it more special. Does absence make the heart grow fonder? Yes. Lane says yes. Well, I think uh, I think we've all encountered that with with cars. You know, when you daily car drive a car for a week, you kind of hear the squeaks and rattles. You kind of get annoyed with certain aspects of it, especially if it's in a kind of more raw sports car or something. And then, and it doesn't feel as fast. You know, all these things. 
But if yeah. that's your weekend only car and you're driving a different car during the week and then you jump into that thing and you're like, oh, my God, it's so fast. The steering's so good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you 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 appreciate everything a little more. Um, yeah. Right. Right. No, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, I think daily driving a McLaren F1 would suck. <laughs> say that. Getting yeah. in and out of that seat. <laughs> yeah. And you're like watching the, the temperature gauge probably. And, you know, it's going to creep up there. And you're, the AC is like whisper, like kind of blowing at you like softly, ba- barely mm-hmm. doing anything. And sure. Yeah. I think the other way around, though, is is a harder one. Right. Like I think an, an, an automatic Integra is one thing, like because it does have good suspension and it has a decent engine and like it does handle well, regardless of the automatic. But um, if it is a car that is underwhelming in general, um, you know, and you want to do Canyon shit with it, you're going to be frustrated, too. So um, I think yes. it depends on what you are looking at. Right. Like you can appreciate old quirks and old like a like a I don't know, like a 198, like a 1985 Tercel or something. Right. That that is is not necessarily the most interesting car, but it's just like has like this dainty little manual transmission and you get into it and, and you enjoy the, the period and the era. Right. And like how light all the controls are and like the funky you know HVAC system or whatever it may be. So I think you start appreciating it in that way, like the visibility out of it, all of this other stuff. But um, but yeah, like with anything, though, the more the more you drive it, the more mundane it becomes right the more acclimated you become to it and then and then you also as you said you start noticing the flaws and not they don't become quirky fun things and enjoyable things they become you know a pain in the ass it just turns into a shitty car Yeah, yeah. yeah like i still get joy out of driving the mighty max once in a while but i definitely wouldn't like driving it a lot but it is quirky and fun and kind of this silly basic piece of transportation but uh yeah dailing it would be no bueno so yeah that's where i'm at um, Kyle JF 90 says, are there any other design houses that you wish design tires besides Jujaro? I I'm a, I'm against sidewall design. Me too. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I've always said that's oh. even the, the worst part of that tire is the sidewall yeah, yeah. design. Yeah. I'll take a good, like smooth sidewall with a good logo. Basically. I just yeah. want to, I just want a good logo name font and that's it. I want the smoothest sidewall possible. Yeah, the more basic, the better for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, I guess the actual the, the the that specific tire, the tread pattern is nice, but it isn't anything that would is, very is nice. outstanding or or you know in terms of a Jujaro design, right? It's just it's all in the sidewall, right? That yeah. makes it Jujaro yeah. with the crazy stripes and shit. Uh, but well, is there a designer <laughs> that would be super minimalist and clean? Then Lane, I guess that's the the answer to that. no, because I want nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to design. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I, uh, shoulder design. Another, another. Uh, yeah, maybe if. Uh, oh, what's the? Uh, I want Apple. I want you know. I want like. I want minimal. Oh, I want I. lack of. I want lack of design. The guy, you want the I guy want who designed the, the first iPod to do your sidewall or something. <laughs> exactly. Golden ratio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have an idea. We do nothing. I'm like, yeah, you killed it. We gotta do I something. Want, you gotta. Do I like something. a ra- I like a round shoulder. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, more, more tire talk here. Matt Deer photo says, what's more important when choosing a tire, maximum grip, playful grip or aesthetics? Oh, aesthetics again, huh? In the mix. All, all, dude, that's a good one. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know which one's most important. It depends on the car and the driving experience you want, I guess. There's so many compromises. Yeah. Yeah, There's so many compromises too, right? If you go maximum grip, you're going to get 
shorter. What kind of, what kind of car are we looking at? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. So but aesthetics are important, but I mean, it's hard to push that over. I guess if there was like multiple tires in the same performance category, you could go aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one way to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, like if it's a really ugly tire uh, and it, it ruins the whole car too, right? Like if, from an aesthetic standpoint, like it's like you don't even want to take pictures of it <laughs> unless you, <laughs> you kind of under underexpose it all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Go super high. Can you imagine, and, dude, like a yeah. like a yeah, I'm just trying to think of like a like a really square, modern, overstyled like sidewall on like your 944, right? That's like a total, but it, right. but it has like amazing grip, <laughs> you know, like it, it sucks. Um, right. Uh, or on the E30 too, that would be awful. Like I, yeah, like a or like a super modern looking like a you know rain tire kind of vibe, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it depends on the car. Like with my with my 2002, I really wanted playfulness, but I did want grip. So the CN36 was a crazy perfect cherry balance of a, of a tire, right? Because I had the beautiful tire. The CN36 is one of the best looking tires, and it had grip, but not a ton of it. So it was playful, and you could still slide the car around and have have it move around under you. So that was like a perfect balance. Um, and it's yeah. period correct. And it's period correct. Yeah. Uh, with the E30, like... But it also didn't have like... Uh, but it also didn't have... It wasn't an all-season tire, so it didn't have like howl. And right. It didn't screech all the time. Like it wasn't... You know, because like I think that's the whole thing. It's like some of these low-grip tires are like, oh, it's super fun. I'm like, is it fun though? Because it's, it's under-steering through turns too when you're not... It's obnoxious. When you're not like yeah. over-steering it, it's just annoying to drive, yeah, you know? Yeah, no, uh, perfect example, Yokohama S-Drive, one of my least favorite tires. <laughs> the it's, worst. Not only is it ugly, yeah. but it also does what you described. It's it's very, very loud and noisy, uh, and it's, yeah, it, it, you, you end up with understeer and oversteer, and it's just, it's a shitty all-around experience. I, I really don't like that tire. Um, I'm very curious to check out the new Avid stuff. There's some new um, Advan and Avids that are supposed to be, like, much, much better, um, that are n- summer, that are not, um, you know, uh, that are, I guess, S-Drive replacements. That'll be interesting to check out sometime, but we need more modern wheel sizing for that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're helping here, but um, on my E30, I have super sticky rubber, and I really, really like it in this car because it, it it's kind of a fun interesting situation with this car right now obviously the goal is to add a different put a different engine in here but uh it's full-on like you know go-kart right it's like uh it's like a slot car so um i focus on momentum and it's not very fast at all but i i just like focus on on keeping that momentum going i have the grip uh and that makes it a fun experience in a totally different way um but um i the the that's the way i am too art because like I learned on the last rally too. It's like we were climbing a lot of big hills. And if I was behind someone with power that wasn't necessarily going as fast as I wanted to go through the turns, I could, I would lose them by a mile. Like I would just lose them over time Yeah. because I can't, I had to drive at seven tenths through that turn. Therefore I didn't have the momentum to pull out of a turn. Then they would pull away from me yeah, the flow and they would just walk yeah. me. But, but cause I kind of had to drive, more like I had to drive like nine and a half, ten tenths in the turns in order to like go fast, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I think grip, grip helps that, right? Yeah. Being able to do that. And that's the thing so. is like, and it's, it depends on your, uh, on your driving style and like what you want out of a car. But like, um, I, I think you were talking about your experience with your tires and it's like, it's a compromise, right? Like then now you have that limitation and it's like, okay, like let's get the tires dialed so that they're not obnoxious. They can, they're, they'll take the abuse, which is super important. Right. And so, 
uh, a tire that is more performance oriented is going to stay grippier longer and not overheat and not drive like ass, you know, like uh, over a long yeah. period of time when you're on it. And so that's like, so you have that dialed and then you can enjoy and focus on the rest of the driving, right? To, 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 as we're describing, like, especially with a momentum car at speed. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's usually where I go. And I usually end up with 200 tire tires on my tires on my fun car. Um, but I think with certain experiences, you know, it is also fun to, to, to have something that's playful, um, that isn't going to be obnoxious. Uh, and I, I actually really like the, the Michelin AS3 plus, which is an all season tire, but it's so good. And we've talked about it before. Like, um, it actually has as much or more grip than a PS4S or sorry, Michelin Pilot Supersport at the time, um, up to a certain temperature, right? Because again, temperature is a thing, right? Like you, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's something that, um, all season tires don't manage well, but um, in this case, it's actually pretty solid. And I, I had them on on several cars, including my 500 SEC, and it did. They did so well, like in like actual like swift driving. Like you know, they didn't. They weren't obnoxious. They they were very predictable. They they didn't. They weren't noisy. They weren't howling at me over like you know at five tenths and being stupid. So, um, like yeah, it depends on the car. I guess that's kind of what it boils down to. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes. Short, short answer is cliff notes. Depends on the car. Vandalay Industries says, I searched the internet far and wide and have yet to find a sad ending story when reusing axle nuts. For $10, I'm not chancing it, but what say you, Holy Trinity? Is this all part of the deep fastener state agenda to get us hobbyist hard-earned Hamiltons or a proper precaution to be taken? I think if you can find a good quality axle nut when you're doing the job for $10, you always buy it. If you sure. can't and the axle nut looks really good, then you, you reuse it. You know me, I always replace an axle nut. So it's yeah. um, <laughs> always my, my issue. I'm like, gosh, should I replace guy. the axle nut or not? Dang. I just appreciate the way in which that question was written. Yeah. Well is done. there are there other examples though where like, you know, like if, for example, one that comes to mind easily that we do a lot of is oil changes. So you have the crush washer and some people just reuse the crush washer, right? And it's like that is such a simple yeah. thing. Dude, that's it's literally like, like a fucking yeah. twenty five cent part. I know, and it's usually so a lot of a lot of there's a lot of one time bolts and one thing they do is they have a little like give basically. Oh, so yeah, that they yeah. so that they stay in basically they're almost like spring loaded in a way. And once you you know like axle bolts are like that, they they say so if you use axle bolts a lot you know, on your CV joints. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you use them again, <clears throat> they're going to, like, have a tendency to back out. Um, yeah, head bolts are the same thing. And like so, it, I mean, it may, I, I think it's a real thing, but you could obviously yeah. get away with it, and you can use Loctite and stuff like that. But And it also comes down to application, like what kind of car, what are your uses and stuff. If yeah. it's for your little, you know, your Honda Civic and you're just staying in town, I'm sure your, your axle nut's fine. But yeah. yeah. For his Volvo, if that's what he's talking about, which I think he is. Um, and it's probably yeah. high torque, right? So that's part of it. It's because it's so high torque. So you are putting strain on the the threads. Um, yeah. So they don't want you to keep doing that because you right. have a chance to fail. Yeah, because it's like it's like yeah, you're talking about a stretch bolt, right? Like in this case, it's sort of like yeah. kind of like that where the threads might actually deform a little bit. And so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, you end up in a situation like that. Yeah, I think with something like that, it's like, yeah, you definitely, and it's, an axle is a really big deal too, dude. Like <laughs> you, you lose that, you're, yeah. you're in deep shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, grandma driving around town, one thing, but if it's like your car that you rely on, that you're driving hundreds of miles on, on a regular basis, yeah, I would definitely replace that. 
Hushy Pushy says, should I buy a new 86 yes. or just throw a few mods at my BRZ, like an oil cooler, intake, bucket seat, speakers, etc." What year is this? 2017 He's or got the newer one. Uh, the, the, it's the yeah. updated one. So I think... Post yeah. the... It's the lower gear ratios, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or is it? So it's got the... He's it got is? the horsepower okay. bump and the different final drive with the different dampers and brakes yeah. and all that shit. I think it's a 2018. Um... Okay. okay. I would. I would buy a new. I one. would buy a new one just on the aesthetics alone. <laughs> um, but it is uh, supposed to be fifty percent stiffer chassis. You got more power, uh, and you eliminate. You know, I know that he drives his car hard, so like he's above that torque dip, which is the complaint, right? And he doesn't daily his uh, his BRZ. He has a Prius, uh, but um, like just as a fun car, like I would rather have a better power band throughout, right? Like that's a really big deal. Yeah. Um, Interior materials seem to have been improved. Um, Way better, yeah. yeah. And um, it looks so much better, I think. I, I actually, like, FRSs and BRZs look okay, but they just look so, like, so boy racer to me for some reason. They look very, like, juvenile. I've said it before. Where, I, where, yeah. Whereas the new one looks a little more grown up, you know? It looks a little more more polished, a little more, more. I guess it looks more F-type-y, right? Um, it has that vibe. Yeah. Yep. I like the looks of the old ones. Um, but for me, I think having that ability to not have to ring it out quite as much but but still have the same nate character of you know revving over seven thousand and and having basically they just fix the engine it seems like um a, a second off the zero to 60 time like i don't know it all sounds like very good you know yeah. and chassis rigidity and and interior quality too i mean everything just seems better it's like i don't know yeah because yeah. i mean yeah. as you know as we've talked about, I'm pretty sure before when we talked about, I think it was with Evora, we talked about it quite a bit. It's like, if you have a stiffer chassis, that means that your suspension doesn't have to be as stiff, right? So, um, so that's a really big deal for ride quality and for, you know, for, uh, for enjoyment of the car. So, um, that alone is already a big, big deal. Right. Um, but, but yeah, there's all of these other things that are just all positives as we talked about, like, and as everyone has said, really, like, there are really no detractors, right? Like it seems like they've done a right. fantastic job on improving it or retaining the stuff that made it fun, right? And he's able like, to get a fresh car with like, I mean, you don't, you're not gonna run it, you know. You're kind of that's kind of nice. Used car dude. values are so crazy right now. You should take advantage if you're thinking of it, like getting yeah. top value for your car. Yeah. Also, yeah. Matt, dude, life is too short to drive a Prius. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, just. Get a different. Oh, hybrid. he's gonna continue oh, driving a Prius. Prius. I'm sure about that. Um, he actually really likes his Prius. <laughs> he, um, that's. Oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure people like Priuses, but yeah, we life know is our, far too know. short. Yeah. All right. A typical driver says, "I'm in the process of buying a Porsche 356B Roadster from the daughter of a of a recently deceased friend. Car has a cool history and will be a great way to celebrate my memories with him. Eleven years of car weeks together. Mm. How do we come to a fair price?" Don't know how much work it needs, but has been off the road since 2002. Whoa. Before before he passed, he left his daughter a note to offer it to me, but didn't say how much. Trying to balance being fair to her, but also not going with the current hyped market. That is a tough one. So I talked to uh, uh, Vince at, at Car Week, and um, <laughs> we got to this uh, topic, and um, it is tricky, right? Like, you want to be honest and and get the daughter what she would get elsewhere, but uh, you don't want to be 
paying like BAT prices probably or, you know. No, and you have to assume the worst, right? In this yeah. case, you're you have to assume the worst, I think. So you have to Full assume fuel, an, we do. You have to s- assume a reseal Carbs. at least, a, you know, a, a top end rebuild, carb or, rebuild, yeah. Carb, you have to assume brakes. that the brakes need to be refinished. Like all tires, redone. Tire it needs new tires definitely. You have to assume that it needs new fuel lines. All well, fuel the, everything. Like, fuel yeah, everything fuel. Lines. You need a clean you're probably gonna need to take the tank, clean it out at least, or get a new tank. You you have to assume all this stuff and calculate that in. I mean the reality and, and hopefully you don't have to do everything, but you have to you have to make that assumption, I think. It, it because you're also paying for a, a project and in that case you should get the deal basically right yeah yeah it's almost like um you basically it's a weird thing to, to, to phrase it this way but you almost have to offer what you think is fair for yourself include all of that right like to, and 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 just disregard everything else that's going on in the market because all of that shit that you mentioned doesn't matter on the on these big auction sites right now right like because people are yeah. willing to pay a premium and they have that guy who's going to restore it for them this isn't their only car right so it's unfortunate to look at it that way but realistically like that's just you know it's a barn find right and it's like this garage find and so people are paying big money and like it's almost like okay well i need to do all this i really want it there's this obviously you talk about that connection with the dad and all of the shit that you did with him and like how you really want to make it a good car again and go and do all this stuff that you did with them. Take it back to car week and all that. And, and just talk about what realistically you can't afford. Right. I mean, that's, that's what I would do. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, I don't know what that number is, but <laughs> like, uh, yeah. um, I don't know if you, it's not looking at 2002 prices, but it's like, it's, it's just trying to be fair to yourself and her, you know, I, I guess it's, it, I think, I think, I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're also, us. you're talking, I mean, I know Vince has kids and it's like, making it a father-daughter project and talking about that and how he's going to take his kids to car week in it and mm-hmm. kind of continue this tradition or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think you have to be, you can't let your emotions get like, you can't be like, well, I want to give her the best, you know, like you can get carried away being like, well, I could probably get away with this. And then you're going to end up dumping in like twice as much as you can afford yeah. or want to afford, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough one because, and I think it's, you have to, the only way to, to really make this work for everyone, I think, is you have to tap into her emotions, right? And and, and make sure that she yeah. understands the value of the car going to you versus just some someone who's going to yeah. restore it and flip it or whatever, right? So, um, so yeah. th- that's where the value is here for everyone. And it's not just the profit because that's the easy way out, right? Of course, they can be listed somewhere and she can make double the money or whatever. But it's like tapping into the and, and, and selling it that way right why you should take the car versus someone else yeah it's got to be that fair for both parties thing and i think starting with an inspection at a, a decent shop that knows those cars to go through it mm. and give you yeah a pretty good uh, laundry list of what it's going to actually need and then taking that value and maybe you know you don't you don't take every single penny out of the the value of the car but um, come to a, a safe medium but you need you need to inspect the car because yeah. you I think that's a good point. To. Get a third party to give you a dollar yeah. amount. Yeah. Basically exactly. that it's going to take to fix it because yeah, I mean it's the reason you don't buy a you buy a finished car, right? It's like it's going to cost way yeah. more to to make a car right than to buy a car that's already right. Um and and, and is that really the situation you want to be what, in? Right? Where where is be the prepared car? to have that it's local. Sure. Oh, it's local. Be prepared also to to maybe not be interested in purchasing purchasing it yeah. <laughs> once you get the whole thing and 
I mean, it just depends on her connection to the car, her connection to her dad and all that stuff. That's a tricky spot. And I've been in similar positions buying cars from people who've lost their, you know, dad. And um, most of the time they're not connected to the car uh, very much. So it seems like she isn't from the talks we had. So, yeah. And they already, they're already, he had a couple more high value cars that they already sold mm, too. right so right so, so maybe this is the perfect scenario but yeah. hopefully it will be and hopefully we'll see it out and about all right that's it for questions um lane has a hard out he says hard like a hard-boiled egg hard as ice dude um we did we did have a morning motors which you could touch on real quick yeah. uh the art wasn't there but lane and i went lane handled uh, all the setup and breakdown thank you thank you buddy word people Thanks, had buddy. donuts and yeah, all that stuff Good little turnout. Yeah, it was great. It was a little overcast, a little like wet in the morning. It was definitely yeah. like dripping the solar panel oh. roof. Oh, that's what dripping water. Because when you posted, oh, I don't know, did you say something about the weather? I'm like, dude, I love overcast. Like it's yeah. it's ideal actually. Yeah. But oh no, it was, it, it was like a it was like a basically like a but mist. The, a light the drizzle is a thing. Yeah, because like overcast is great yeah. for photos. It's nice. You're not baking out there. You just wear a hoodie. You're comfortable. No, was, um, that would have been great. But by like, you know, 930 or something, it, it cleared up a little more to be like that. But in the morning, it was definitely wet. Mm. Yeah. Um, you can see in the 2002 there. picture I posted, there's like all these little circle puddle, you know, like drip, like wet yeah. spots on the concrete. Oh. And we were asphalt. worried that people would be kind of burned out from car week since I was just, you know, yeah. a week ago. And I think we definitely did have that um, factor. But for the most part, it was a great little turnout and uh, some really cool cars some new stuff. Someone was asking me how many uh, are the same cars and how many are new for each event. And I was like, maybe like a third are new. I don't know. It's hard to say, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's it's hard. It's hard to know. But I would say like two thirds are kind of re- repeat customers, maybe not week after or month after month, but we've seen them before. Yeah. And then there's like a third like kind of new new population. Pr- probably less new on, on a normal basis, but. Yeah, so hard to say. well, this last one, hard to, uh, hard to predict from afar, at least just from the pictures, it looked like a lot of new Volvos and a lot of new 911s that I hadn't seen. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. and it was definitely a third ish yeah. <laughs> from, I guess, from the pictures again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was pretty, pretty full lot. Like, I would say it was like 80% full most of the time. Um, and, and most of the, most of our like, the people we hang out with after like didn't come so like a lot of people didn't you know a lot of car week friends didn't didn't actually left they left early yeah so it was a but it was a really cool turnout that crazy white car was back which i don't even know what the hell it is the mesa one like super car super light car uh company or whatever they make kits and uh man it's so cool looking for a kit car it's like kind of amazing just yeah and he, yeah. the guy drives it. It's California plated, and he has been seen on Highway Nine. Um, and yeah, he's brought it to our event before, but he put wheel covers on it and mm-hmm. some other little details that really set it off. It just looked really cool. Is that the yeah? It was all yeah. over. It was at Car Week, and it was at like Baja Cantino and the Thursday night show and stuff. And I remember people were that. like, "Whoa, what is that thing?" I'm all, "Dude, it comes to our Morning Motors." You know, yeah. like. They're like really because he did change some things up. And uh, are those the rotiform so ones? Lane? Got, Do you know? I they're just covers. So. Yeah, because I think they're just oh, covers. They're just on co- it. Yeah, they make those. Oh, but he, yeah, because the wheels underneath are like a chrome five spoke. I think 
but like chrome uh, chrome i think they're well they look chrome i couldn't bar- i could barely see them they look like dirty chrome i don't know if they were polished dirty chrome is a color i couldn't get a good look dirty chrome <laughs> dirty chrome but uh dude supercharged v8 uh in the back and a real manual transmission that's oh. an insane car yeah Just, it's cool looking and i switch on that day to drive it from wherever he came from i don't care if it was like down the block like that thing is a yeah beast of a car um very low to the ground no ground clearance it's on yeah it's on my instagram if anyone wants to see it uh, and, it's called uh, a mess yeah, mesa a one people can just google it and it'll pop up mesa yeah, one m-e-s-a and then okay. one like the number yeah yeah so it's a slc mesa one uh yeah so that was cool a uh, bunch of volvos pretty strong like bmw contingent 911s a rad delica um yeah tons of i mean tons of cool stuff it was a good good hang glad to see people mm-hmm. and easy one so we'll have to do another one next month huh yeah end of next month because we have a uh, yeah. radwood pnw <clears throat> towards the middle of the month and then we'll do it after that yeah so tentatively it would be the 26th which is this last sunday of september mm-hmm. i have it on my yeah. calendar but awesome September 26th. We'll let you know officially when it uh, is happening, but that's most likely if it's not happening then, I don't know if it would happen. So yeah. let's make that happen. Um, Chicago. Uh, Kanye West is playing at Soldier is Field. Is he playing? <laughs> Dude, that, no, I don't even not know what playing. he's doing. It's a listening event with it's no live performance. Party. But he's going to be there and just he's just going to press play on his album and then like stand back or dance around or what? I know. I can't imagine him like hosting something like by the like way, be presenting it. Being I like, know. By the way, I was talking to I was texting with Art about this and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's just going to press play on music and like just stand there. I'm like, well, actually, I'm just describing DJs. So, yeah. I know. <laughs> and well, DJs pro- are like sell yeah. out festivals of fucking people. I like, can't get enough. I'm guessing so they made a like a video aspect obviously made a video aspect to the whole album and they'll uh, play that some performance then, somehow yeah yeah it's, uh, he is gonna be there it's it's thursday right our event is on saturday so it was some of their breakdown yeah. shit is overlapping with our setup and that's become kind of a thing um and they're actually using some of our resources that we need <laughs> for the event uh yeah. and the joke is that uh the dude is so nutty that he might like camp out and end up at radwood so who knows maybe <laughs> radwood yeah Kanye X Radwood. So come see <laughs> Kanye this Saturday at Radwood. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, yeah. I think you would like it. I'm straight up. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure, dude. I think you would love it. His Yeezys. Just, um, yeah. I got a new daily driver. Oh. What? That happened. I, I got a uh, 97 BMW 328i from Rick Deacon, co-founder uh, of Radwood. Oh, yeah, and that beautiful seafoam green. I know this car. Or whatever that yeah, color's called. seafoam green over tan. Hell, yeah. Um, my kids say the car's blue, and my wife does, and yeah, they it's say it's three blue. to one. Whoa. But it definitely is called green. Mm. Yeah. So It seems more blue to me, too. What? But, uh, it's like a... It's definitely green. It's called green. It... <laughs> It definitely it's has a blue, blue tint. It it has a lot of blue in it, but yeah, it's blue. I don't know. Blue for we're, we're, sure. No, yeah. I, I so Warren's with my wife and kids. So I can't actually. I can't even picture it right now. I'm like, now I'm confusing myself. Phoebe said, "Dad, you're colorblind." I'm like, "Well, it's called green." She goes, "Well, they're colorblind too." <laughs> yeah, I, so I think that was. How, uh, do say, how do you say colorblind in German? It, it all works out. But um, yeah, I picked up the car 
Oh, so I had a little issue, or I have a little issue with the car. I, I went to pick it up. Rick left it. He moved to Ohio, left the car for me. I go to pick it up. I go to turn the ignition, and it just spins 180, no, 360 degrees. And then it catches and starts, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, didn't even think anything of it. Then next time I do it, it's fine. Next time it does the same thing, like does a 360-degree spin. So, I, of course, I look it up on internet, and there's like a million write-ups about it. And this is a common issue with E36s where something breaks in the ignition, and it oh, causes it. the key it, spun. The key spins. Yeah. Ah. So the key spins th- 360 degrees, and then, and then it will catch. And this is a super common problem. And it basically um, requires, like, getting a whole new ignition thing because all the it's all pot metal and these little tabs break yeah, yeah, and either yeah. it's in the tumbler or it's the plunger like the part that actually turns the switch behind yeah. it and there's all these things that can break or the housing there's pin there's little tabs in there that breaks because it's fucking early 90s bmw shit and they were building shit everything on a budget and uh they suck basically so i'm looking so I go and I'm just trying to like make it work because it actually Heidi got home and I went to drive the car and it just wouldn't catch. And this is like three days after I picked up the car. So it wouldn't catch at all. Wouldn't start. So, uh, I go under it. I'm trying to, there's this one trick you could do to like, and you could drill a hole and put a, a screw and that holds the, 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 uh, tumbler in place so then it'll work i did that it didn't work so i'm assuming it's the other part that's broken the part that turns the ignition switch and i'm like dude i have to get this car moving at least or do something so i take the ignition switch i unplug the ignition switch i use a screwdriver i'm like okay cool that works you know i could start it up then of course steering wheel is locked <laughs> because i'm not able to turn the ignition in the you know yeah. the, where it unlocks the steering wheel so I'm looking that up, and it's like, okay, what you could do is just drill a hole in the bottom of the, the, the housing, and there's a spring. Race car drivers do this all the time, or you know, BMW 36 race racing, and it's actually a common problem for that for the lock to lock up and be super unsafe, basically. So people Jesus. do this all the time, and you pull the spring out. So I did that. I take the spring out. I'm like, yes, start the car. Steering wheel moves. It doesn't lock up. I'm like, fine. I don't need a steering wheel lock, right? That's an anti-theft thing, really. Um, yeah. Then, of course, it's an automatic transmission. So I go to put it into drive, and it's stuck in park because it has a lockout mm-hmm. because you have to turn the ignition into the on position, but it oh won't go to the on position. God. But then and it has, an, you can bypass that lock on the shifter, right? So uh, there is, it's not exposed like a Volvo. It's not like a button you press with your left yeah. hand and then you could do it. So uh, basically I'm just like, Oh my God. And at this point, Heidi's like coming down. I'm in the garage for freaking three hours at night. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not, hmm. you know, I'm just so frustrated. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like in the car, it's in the dark and I'm drilling metal shards everywhere and stuff. And, just trying to get this thing working. And Heidi got her car. So my wife's daily driver, her Lexus, which she totaled, was taken away last week. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. You can drive this for the meantime when we try and find you a car, which is a whole different story because I've looked at five RX 330s and 350s. They're basically all trash. 
crack dashes. The dashes are gnarly on those, like your generation, Warren. And everyone I find is trash. And then I've looked at RX 300s again because I'm like, okay, I like the build quality of the early cars. And then there, you know, I go look at one perfect paint, da da da. It's like fucking clearly the worst repainted shitbox I've ever seen. So, anyways. My wife doesn't have a car, so I'm trying to get this thing working so she can go to work the next day and not have to, like, Uber there. Uh, so I, I couldn't – I didn't know where the shift lock thing was, and I was just done. So I, And I was texting with our, our buddy Nick Quarta, formerly of Beeline Coffee, and he's, like, a – he's worked on BMWs forever and stuff. So he's like, oh, I'll come over in the morning. I think I know – you know, whatever. So he comes over. He just pops the little – wood panel around the shifter and there's a lockout right there that you can just pull out up so we got it all working it works with a screwdriver right now but you still have to have the key in because it has it's a later e36 so it has ews which senses the key mm. so it has to be in the ignition to sense the key and then you have to start it with a little screwdriver <laughs> and then you can't put it into park or else it locks out. You can put it in neutral with the e-brake on or you can put it in park. And I left that panel kind of loose. But basically, I bought a shit box. Good job, Rick. Dude, E36. Good job, Rick. By the way, this is like you you hated your E36 before because it had so many weird problems. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately. By the way, most yeah. complicated, like a normal car is like the ignition is like the most simple. This thing has this rod that breaks. It's like, oh, the end breaks and the tumbler breaks yeah. and the fucking da da da. It's like, why? <laughs> like, uh, it's so gnarly, dude. Like, oh, usually the key shit. goes in and then it turns the, the ignition switch is right behind yeah, yeah. that, like on a Volkswagen normal, or, yeah. or Porsche. This thing goes through the column to the left side, the ignition. So it's this long rod mm. made out of pot metal. It's at so least it's, at least it's seafoam over tan. <laughs> I know, dude. You. you got that going for you. I, I kind of like it, dude. I like how I think it looks good. It's like it's actually a really nice shape. I will say what, that. It's like low it miles, has right? Every maintenance. No, it's high miles, oh, but was... it's like two hundred thousand. But it has the tranny's been replaced. It has every single record since new single owner before Rick bought it less than a year ago or a year ago. Um, she bought it in. Uh, the Bay Area, like at Sonnen BMW or something, and every single record, like like accounts of like the sunroof has a squeak when you close it. You know, it's like every little thing from the BMW dealer. So end. it has that going for it. And the interior is like amazing because these things are notorious for, you know, saggy. The door panel sagging, the glove box sagging. Glove box is like perfectly even, and the doors panels are perfect. It's like I mean, it's in really nice shape. Mm. So, um, huh. anyways. It's jeez, you know. Well, so what's the plan? So anyways, Are you, you have my, to replace uh, the whole tumbler then? Is that is your? So basically, I'm over cars and I'm quitting the podcast. Okay, okay, done, cool. dude. Fuck rowing while also the boat, like boats or something. No, so the solution. So I'm bringing it. Uh, Nick, uh, uh, I'm gonna have Nick uh, try and fix it. So he's gonna. We ordered a tumbler, or yeah, we ordered something and you're just done you're like here fuck over fix it. this i'm like dude just fix it for me please <laughs> yeah, dude. take it to a shop yep. or a, yeah. a guy yeah and get her get her done yeah get i got a guy done. so i'm like dude i just want this like to be working like i bought this thing as like it's an automatic fucking 328i i bought it as like just normal transportation it's not something i'm like passionate about or anything but i wanted I just like know. nice clean place to be and you know, presentable yeah. looking, cool, like Radwood or a car. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways. Seafoam. It's awesome, dude. Seafoam <laughs> over tan. I got project car updates too, but we don't have time because you're hard out. Do you guys want to do some trivia? Sure. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Lane, why don't you do the honors? It's been a while, and you seem I don't like know how, dude. You need, you need the release. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, dude. Trivia time. Trivia time. All right. Uh, two, I want you to guess two prices here. Um, first is a asking price, Craigslist. 2003 Volkswagen Eurovan. Uh, it's white over gray cloth. It is not a pop-top. It's not a Westphalia. None of that. It is... A rear seat, uh, rear facing seats, and then the bench and back with 133,000 miles. So this is a mm. 2003 Eurovan located in Oakland, mm-hmm. Piedmont, Montclair. Ooh. What were the miles? 100, Hipster. 133,000. No mm. signs of real big work done, i.e., transmission replacement. Yeah, no record is, of transmission replacement. Which I mean, is it had the to happen, right? Achilles heel, not mentioned in a very detailed ad. So 133,000 miles. It is the VR6 uh, Eurovan. So it's probably worth like seven, but they're asking 28. Wow. I was just going to say 20 flat. (laughs) 20 flat. Lane is on it. 29,000. 29,500 for a... Pretty much basic Eurovan with 133,000 miles. Probably needs a transmission. By the way, no transmission. Like, that is, like, that thing's almost worthless. <laughs> I know. Like, the transmissions on those things are known, like, that is a fragile as ice thing. And you have a, they have a time, they have a, a lifespan of a very short amount. So you want to have one that, like, just had to replace yeah. basically. And they're about six to eight thousand dollars if you can find a shop that'll do it. Yeah. If you can Just find a shop. Luck. Holy shit. Most people won't even touch Dang. them. Dang. I don't All know. Right. That bad. Last one. I was looking uh at the Toyota website um for another reason, but I stumbled upon the twenty twenty one Toyota Sienna Platinum. Now, this is a all wheel drive hybrid, and I built one. As loaded as I could make it, you know, out of the uh, cargo organizer, the f- carpet floor mats, of course, et cetera, and so on. Uh, please give me the MSRP of a Sienna Platinum. 65. I think they're all hybrids now. They're all hybrids, I believe. 65. This I think is a minivan. I think Art's really high on this. So I'm going to say um, 53. Dude. Lane is a fucking rain man when it comes to today's <laughs> trivia. 55338 nice. for a Toyota minivan. Yeah, that, that sounds nice. Art, I like That sounds yeah, fine. I mean, there's 55 grand. I for mean, a dude, look at truck prices yeah. and stuff. Like I know, new trucks and these are supposed to be like the economy family car that no one wants. And now yeah, they're trying to like, like these. Well, they can be, but DVD I mean party buses. This is like all-wheel drive hybrid Toyota top of the line. I and know. it has a widescreen. TV that pops down and, you know. Yeah. You know, you can add on these cars. I don't know of all Toyotas, but for the the Venza and the Sienna, it was a $350 option. It is a built-in uh, dash cam. Oh. It's oh. actually by the rear, uh, the rear view mirror up on the roof, yeah. but it has, uh, it'll record and mm. all that stuff once the car is going. That's cool. Kind of kind of interesting. A factory that's installed a, uh, dash cam. I think that's going to become more option. common. Yeah. I'm it's the Russian option. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, starting MSRP fifty thousand dollars for a Sienna Platinum. For a Platinum, I bet yeah. you they come yeah. super loaded and already, s- right? Like that's why. And I starting think they do. starting price of a Sienna is probably like thirty nine. 
I think I you're right. For but a it's just, base, it's just kind of crazy when you see one on the streets. That's a fifty thousand dollar car now. But average Which, for average me, car price is thirty nine right now or thirty eight. So know, like when you look crazy. at that, you're 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 adding like the fact that this thing's a seven seater leather like a p- powerful sure. V six. They've gotten like, way way nicer. Yeah, and yeah, the the all wheel drive hybrid is an amazing thing for a minivan. Yes. right right off the bat. But can uh, it drive full electric like the Pacifica can? Um, that I don't know. I imagine that, so though. That would be kind of that's like a. That was the really cool thing about the Pacifica, the hybrid, because, I mean, a lot of these people use them just like I use a car around town, pick up kids from school and stuff, and that yeah. that seems like a nice option. I imagine you can because, you know, like Highlanders can do that and all that stuff. It's the same hybrid technology, uh-huh. but I don't know the the amount of all-electric driving you can yeah. do. And it's not a plug-in. It's just a regular hybrid. So. Yeah, and what, what's oh, and, and okay. I think m- most uh, minivan buyers now. I mean, they're, they're cross-shopping these with luxury SUVs too, right? So they have to really pimp them out to to be competitive. Although the the people that are willing to even consider a minivan, like my wife hates minivans. She just doesn't like them aesthetically. My mom, same deal. Growing up, we had Suburbans or Tahoes because she hated the way minivans yeah, look. Right. So, um, I mean, some people will consider they, them. These are so nice now. Yeah. I mean, they've gotten so much better. I've become a bit of a minivan hater, actually. I think they're uncomfortable. I don't like the way the seats are never that comfortable. I feel like, I don't know. Well, I don't maybe feel we like get they, one. Let's get one as a press car. We'll go on a road trip. Well, we had yeah. a Honda minivan for a little bit for Radwood. The Odyssey wasn't too bad, but this, I think this is like. And that was level. fully loaded. It was the the most loaded Odyssey. It right. had the vacuum. It had the full vacuum system. It had leather. Yeah, yeah. Had uh, drop down navigation like it had the drop down entertainment in the back had the full nav it had every single thing you could get yeah. that car was like i think it was um i want to say it was like 49 grand or something i think you were saying lane that the yeah. your biggest problems with it is that it definitely felt over underpowered for the for like when it was fully loaded and it also felt very yeah. under broke like not, not enough brakes right like for in general for yeah for something that Both, heavy yeah and, and then and it also feels like you're sitting in this kind of like small seat in this big. It feels like a van, dude. It's just like a different <laughs> thing where like you. It it definitely is not something. I feel like a lot of these CUVs that I've driven and had, you know, they actually like can handle a mountain road, and you feel more like you're in this like nice cabin, and the vans are are still more like an this open airy thing, which can be good, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like they put as much money into the seats or the whole, I don't know. I just don't like them that much. They feel heavy as fuck. feels like you're there working you really hard to stop. You're, like you said. Or, yeah, it's a heavy, heavy bitch. All right, that's podcast. That's it. And that's all. See you next time. See you in Mala. Chicago. Mala. Mala.